0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to an episode of Marvel Cinematic University, show that covers everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie. Uh, AC, Anthony Canton III, the usual co-host, the usual person who does the intro, is currently out with an illness. He can't speak without coughing, and since podcasting is mostly a speaking medium, he can't make it here today. But we still got to talk about some stuff that went on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and so we had to bring in one of our friends... To help us out, to help cover "What If" season two, Hunter Radisi. Hunter, how are you? I'm
1: great. I am um, famously a, a "What If" defender, so I'm excited to uh, goof around, talk about that, and discover, answer the question: What if we did this without AC? So,
0: yes, um, I know he had some thoughts that he's been sharing on our Discord which is part of our Patreon, which you can get into for just $3. You get all of our bonus episodes uh, and our Discord for $3. And if you pay $8, you get some extra bonus stuff, including the opportunity to be on one of our subscriber mailbags. So please go to patreon.com MCUniversityPod if you are so inclined. So if you really are wondering what AC's thoughts on these episodes is, he was giving episode-by-episode episode updates uh, as you watched. Um, so you can check those out on there. Um, but yeah, what if Season 2... I think that um, listeners of this podcast know that, you know, what if the first season is a much, you know, teased upon show. People make fun of it. A lot of people put it at the bottom of their list of favorite Marvel shows. I say a lot of people as if I'm not talking about myself included there. (laughs) But I know that you, as you mentioned, you're a what if defender. Um, And so before we talk about this season, um, what were you looking forward to? What were you expecting? What were you hoping for uh, when they announced it was coming back?
1: Um, I was hoping for them to have a little bit more fun with the concept, I think. Uh, I think something that faltered a lot in the first season for a lot of people was you have this really cool idea for a show that had been a very cool, long-running comic book um, where you can really do almost anything with this massive universe full of really cool characters, mm-hmm. and it felt like... even. And I will admit, even as someone who did enjoy the first season more than than most, like there were quite a few episodes in there that just felt like they weren't as creative as they could have been. Um, and I, I was hoping in, in this season to see more of that, just something, you know, maybe some stuff that's a little bit more experimental, uh, a little more fun, uh, get a little goofy, play with the genres a little bit more. Um, so that's, that's, I think what I was hoping for coming in was just taking that what if concept and being a little bit more like the comics and maybe not playing it quite as safe.
0: Yeah, I think that my my main criticism of the first season was that it felt like um, rather than like they they have the whole big preamble and they make it in-universe that it's all about one different thing being like a different thing causing a huge change. And I felt like they kept pointing that out and then never really stuck by it. That like it felt like a lot of the episodes, and I think this is actually, you can even argue this is worse in season two, were like, Rather than be like, what if, for example, like a, you know, what if uh, Yondu delivered Peter, which is a clear one thing. It's yeah. like they, like, well, for example, the first episode, which we'll talk about, you know, what if uh, Nebula joined the Nova Corps? That's like 16 what ifs in one, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. But like, I kind of don't like that they, I, I'm kind of a broken record on this, the last season, but like. I really wish they took the time to be, like, the change in this universe is X and everything else follows with. It's kind of frustrating that you can't – because, like, the what if in that episode is not what if uh, Nebula joined the Nova Corps. It's what if Thanos died way earlier. Like, that's actually the what if that they're talking about.
1: Yeah, no, I actually agree with you, and I, I had similar thoughts. Um, and, and the crazy thing is, like, I really liked that Nebula episode. I thought it was a really fun episode. I, it played with genre, like I mentioned earlier, in a, in a way I was hoping they would this season. Um, but I'm fully on board with the – I just because I'm weird and I, my brain works a really specific way. When the first season dropped, I would try to like make a list in my phone of like exactly what the change was and what that affected. And you're right. You uh, you really can't do that. And it's, just, like, it's the same with that Nebula episode. Um, I feel like they should have just titled it like what if Thanos died way earlier. And then the fun part is being like, oh, and then that leads to like Nebula joining the Nova Corps and like all this stuff. Uh, and that that makes a lot more sense. I felt kind of the same way about, like, the Happy Hogan Christmas episode, where I was like, mm-hmm. this isn't really, like, a like it is a what if, but it's not really, like, this big, I don't know. It just felt like they wanted to make a funny episode where Happy Hogan is, like, does a diehard riff, and then they yeah. just tried to fit that into the format.
0: Yeah, I, I think, and, and the only reason I'm so critical about it is because they foreground this concept of like changes in the universe so much. Like I'm fine with like the Marvel fan fiction cartoon show, but they very much want it to fit in with our understanding of the multiverse. And it's like, okay, then fine. Then like, you should, we're starting way too late in the branch generally, but that's a general complaint. You know, I don't, I get what they're trying to, I get that it's 30 minutes and that, you know, they're trying to condense the stuff as much and they want to skip to the interesting parts. But I have a question. What was your opinion excuse me on the release schedule where it was, you know, one a day from what was it? The 22nd to the 30th. Um, I don't know. My, my relationship with the release was
1: kind of weird. Cause I, what I didn't experience it that way at first. Uh, like a lot of people did. I got, I was lucky enough. Disney sent me the whole season, uh, like two days before it started dropping normally. Um, And I happened to have gotten COVID like that day, (laughs) so I couldn't go anywhere and all my plans fell through. So I ended up just binging the whole season in a day because I had nothing else to do and it was just there. Um, And then I I kind of would try to like keep up and rewatch the episodes as they dropped. I don't know. I think I don't hate it to be honest. I mean, I'm someone who prefers weekly releases a lot more than like dumping a whole season on the same day, because I think that it makes the season a little bit more forgettable. And I think that the day to day, it does, it does lean towards that where I think people maybe watch one a day, the season ends, and then they forgot, they forget that the season ever existed almost immediately or within a couple weeks. Uh, but I do think it's more fun than all at once. And I think that i them trying to like tie it in and make it a christmas thing when i mean they really only had like one christmas episode I, I don't know like it makes me wonder what was going on like you know did they always intend to release it around christmas or did they just realize they had a christmas episode and they're like let's just make this a christmas break thing and they just drop it while everyone's off school and stuff but yeah i i like it more than the all at once but i i still probably would have preferred like one episode a week yeah
0: from a producerial standpoint, I really resent the fact that they're uh, that nine episodes for us turned into one. <laughs> um, yeah. Like that's just bad for our content. But and I also like I'm someone who is funny because like. You know they release a lot of movies and stuff around Christmas, and I always hate that because I my family doesn't love going to the movies, and like the rest of my family is not going to watch. What if so? Like, whereas for a lot of people, it's the most advantageous time to watch it. Like, I have to be the asshole. Like, I'm at home in Florida with my family, being like, "Hey, I gotta sneak off to watch like an episode of cartoon." I just gotta (laughs) give me half hour. Um, Yeah, yeah, it makes better when the
1: Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special dropped. I made my entire family, like extended family, stop what they were doing so we could watch it because they refused to let me sneak off so it became a whole family affair i get it (laughs) Mm.
0: yeah i my mom came when we saw no way home because uh it was i they wanted me to come like the flight was cheap and i'm like okay but i need to see no way home opening night (laughs) and so (laughs) now my dad has seen basically all the mcu stuff so he got it but my mom was completely lost um but uh anyway the it was i think it was an interesting gambit i'm glad that they did it for this as opposed to forgive me a show that like matters more in terms of the, the um <laughs> yeah it matters more but also like in terms of the you know s- the nature of it the serialization of it it's not ser- that serialized so it's not yeah. like cause, like what i did i watched i think the first four episodes all at once because i was you know i did i wasn't super cons- i knew i I'd, i knew i would have to watch it by the time we did the episode but like it, i wasn't super urgent in watching all of it um immediately and so, like, watching four episodes and then one, 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 like, the experience is not that different because you don't have to worry about pacing because it's not a right. continuous story until it is. Um, but, yeah, let's go episode by episode. Um, we'll keep it brief for some of these. Um, and I do we'll, – we'll talk about the episode generally. And I took, like, little notes, uh, which I n- normally don't do that much of, but since there are going to be nine episodes, I had to, I was going to forget. Um, so we got <laughs> the first one, which is uh, what if Nebula joined the Noble Corps? Now, I think that, uh, you know, this was a really fun episode. As you mentioned, they uh, messed with the genre a little bit. And it um, the the thing I liked about it, which, you know, I think you probably did as well, is that, like, we get a lot of alien planet stuff in the Guardians movies, but I feel like we don't actually, like, engage at all with the live reality of people on those planets. I actually liked that they kind of were telling, like, a dystopian sci-fi story uh, in addition to this what if story about nebula.
1: Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I also <laughs> It's funny how many episodes I feel like in this season were kind of just like what if we did this famous movie but in Marvel. <laughs> and and this was you know, everyone like every time there's sort of a dystopian sci-fi vibe and everything, people will just compare it to Blade Runner immediately and I recognize that that can be really annoying. And I was trying to think of like a different movie, but I'm I'm watching it and the entire episode I'm like, this is they're just doing Blade Runner, right? Like that, that's kind yeah. of what's happening. Um but yeah, I, I agree with you. And I I like that I feel like this episode kind of used some characters that we've seen before almost better than their actual like yeah sacred timeline. Like I wish Jan Rog was this fun <laughs> in the actual Captain Marvel yeah. movies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I uh I mean people who listen to our pods about what if season one know that my running bit was uh, asking why Chris Evans couldn't find a recording studio in the greater Boston area. Um, (laughs) Most of the bit was in every episode I would come with a new Boston suburb. I would say like, you couldn't swing out to Somerville or Braintree or, you know, Quincy. (laughs) Um, And what I would do often is I'd point out things like, you know, a fucking Jude Law Academy Award nominee uh, could, who was only in one Marvel movie that people don't think about that much. If he could get his ass in the booth, what about you? Um, but I moved on. I'm not gonna, Chris. I'm not gonna say anything about that. I'm not gonna make a joke about how your wife was seven when Fantastic Four came out. I'm not gonna do any of that, Chris. You're <laughs> forgiven. You're forgiven. I'm sorry. That's you know, rude, but yeah, it's, it's a valid point because, like, you watch
1: you watch the whole season, and there's like some. I mean, well, I mean, we'll get to the episode when we get there, but literally episode two that is a stacked cast. Like, you put that cast. In, a, in, like, a drama, like a drama film, and that's an Academy Award-winning film. Yes, and they're yes. all just doing this, like, 30-minute Marvel cartoon. Yes. But then it's like, RDJ will not do it. <laughs> and the
0: thing is, the difference is well, the that Robert Downey Jr., like, if Kirk Douglas... Sorry, Kirk Douglas, <laughs> If I was combining Michael Douglas and Kurt Russell, if Michael Douglas didn't want to do it, I would understand. He's Michael Douglas. He's important. And I think Chris Evans is very delightful and good in the MCU movies. I think he's been good in other movies. But frankly, I... I saw him my, my, my own two eyes. He was in Ghosted. He does not have better things to do. He just doesn't. He doesn't. I'm sorry. He doesn't.
1: Yeah, no. If, it, if Annette Bening can be there.
0: I mean, she actually, uh, Annette Bening actually was not. Oh, wait. She, she wasn't? No. Oh, it was an incredibly good impression of Annette Bening. In wow. fact, me I'm and Michael Spankoff were texting about like, it. I didn't it's even check
1: credit. I just assumed that it was her because it was such a good impression. And the that thing
0: about crazy. it, too, is, like, if, it's, if someone's doing, you know, like with Robert Downey Jr., you can imagine how to do an impression of that. You assume it's a net because who has an net benning impression in their back pocket? Apparently, this one voice actress does.
1: Nobody. I, I would. I would almost use Lawrence Fishburne as an example, and then I'm like, he's out here doing like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, so he is clearly yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. But I want to apologize to the viewing audience who sees me occasionally peering over. Uh, Wemby is going against Giannis, and it's oh, 118 to 118. I couldn't turn the game off. I'm sorry. It'll be off. It'll be off in two minutes and thirty seconds, but. Uh, what do you want me to do? Um, anyway, so this episode, I think there's a lot of cool spy elements. Um, I think that, like you mentioned, Yanrog was really used much more interestingly. Um, I thought it was kind of funny how, like, they threw Korg in there when, like, I yeah. don't, why the hell is Korg there? I mean, I love Korg. Korg um, is there be- because of mass
1: consumerism.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like. And, yeah, and because, like, Disney has, you know, a 28-picture deal with Taika Waititi. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, you know, I, I think the thing that – the re, the reason I was a little bit frustrated with the what-if the what part of this episode is that I think um, it felt like they kind of t- took away a lot of the stuff that would make it specific to Nebula. Like, this episode actually just could have been about a, you know – uh, plays by her own rules, Nova Corps agent. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't actually need yeah. to be Nebula in any specific way. I mean, obviously, there's the bit with the computer chip, but still. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> the episode, uh, and I thought it was a strong start. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was a really fun genre exercise, more than anything.
1: Yeah, and I, I also, I mean, to your earlier point, I like, it's fun that Groot is there, and like you said, Korg is there uh i mean howard the duck we get this is probably maybe the most we've seen from howard the duck in anything if i'm remembering correctly uh, yeah. and it was fun like i liked how they were used in the episode i think that they were funny like it was cool but it also goes back to like nebula joining the nova core is not why they're there like it's it goes back to that thanos thing where it's like yeah like in a world where thanos loses way earlier then the guardians never form and then Groot ends up in a you know casino or whatever but has nothing to do with Nebula joining the Nova Corps. It's, it is pretty silly.
0: Yes. So uh I went through most of my notes. Um one of them is that uh they sure as hell aren't getting Glenn Close, even if the ride did, which is of course reference fact that Glenn Close does a video portion for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disney World, which is astounding to me. I just Yeah, yeah. that is pretty wild, actually. And I that this goes back to
1: like I would understand if glenn close was like i'm not voicing this like i get it i didn't I mean, question glenn close yeah 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 i know but like i would understand if she didn't but the fact that she did is insane
0: <laughs> yeah and like yeah so there's that um the thing that i found a little bit iroly is like the nebula reveal of i switched the codes and it's like <laughs> okay i'm sure you did um i was funny what if is like oh it reveals i think so starkly because it's just a voice performance that, like, while I think she's actually really good at it and become really good at it, it is so weird that they cast Karen Gillan, someone with one of the most musical voices in existence, as Nebula. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're right. I, would it be weirder if Nebula just had <laughs> Karen
0: Gillan's voice? I, w- I Definitely. Um, so the next one is, um, what if Peter Quill attacked the Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Um, you know, I think that this is a better, in my opinion, of uh, at the make explain the what if bit, you know, like it, it's a pretty clear straight line from what if Yandu dropped him off to he would attack Earth. Um, but yeah, I think that this one, um, I don't know, I, I thought this one was like a really fun idea. I don't love the execution of it, but it is also a 30 minute cartoon, so I'm willing to live with it. How did you feel? Um, I feel really similar to you. I think when I was
1: tweeting about it originally, I think I said almost exactly what you just said. It's like, I really, really like the idea. And I think the, like, 1988 Avengers is a really fun concept of, like, yeah, if Ego and Peter Quill were attacking Earth in 1988, then, like, someone's got to stop them. So we get to see what the Avengers look like if they form way earlier. Like, that, that is really cool, and I enjoy it. But... Yeah, I just wish they got a little more creative with it. Like, you have all these really cool, unique characters that we haven't really seen come together. uh, And I wish they would have taken a little bit of a deeper dive into their dynamics and, like, maybe given them some cooler fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, But, like you said, it it boils down to they have 30 minutes. Um, I did really like a lot of the stuff with Hank Pym in the episode. And I, I yeah. like the, the idea that like Peter Quill is going to be good no matter what. Um, all that was, was fun, but yeah, it just, it felt very like it just was like, I watched it, it was like that was fun. And then I didn't really think about it again. It is one of the only episodes I've seen twice. And I will say, I think I liked it more the second time without as high of expectations. I was like, no, yeah, this is really fun. And it, it's a team that I think would be cool like if they still did like offshoot tie-in comics or something, I would read a comic about the continued adventures of this team and how them forming when they do completely change everything else. Cause you know, you have, you know, in this timeline, I, maybe T'Chaka doesn't die. Howard, Howard Stark maybe doesn't die because he connected with Bucky. Um, you know, maybe Marvell doesn't die. All these characters that we know die in like the nineties, maybe don't die in the nineties now. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I would, I, I would read more of this, but we just didn't get all of that in the episode, which was a shame.
0: Yeah, and I do feel like, although... I almost feel like, although I, you know, think that there's some interesting stuff with it. I actually... I I hate to be like the, this would be better if they did X by Z, but I, oh, I think that there'd be a more interesting version of this episode if they actually just didn't have Bucky in it at all. I think that there's interesting stuff with the I think Bucky was a good was choice.
1: I, was, I thought it was strange they didn't do Red Guardian.
0: Yes, that is b- a big part of it, but also... I, I understand what they're trying to do with the Howard Bucky stuff because obviously they have a history given that, you know, he ends up killing him. But, like, they end up basically doing the Winter Soldier Bucky realization over the phone with a character he just met. And, like, that just feels so rushed. And it's like, I we, – we, one of the things is we have done the Bucky Barnes realizes that he is Bucky Barnes thing. What we haven't done is see Hank Pym and, uh you know, Bill Foster – fighting side by side we haven't seen Marvel as a hero like and so yeah. like i don't know if we needed that if it felt like they wanted to that they they felt they needed to have like a mainline avenger in there to yeah be, and, and like you got of all the actors in this sebastian stan who you know what i mean like we don't need him. I mean,
1: two lines he was in that yeah. recording booth for like three seconds and dipped <laughs> um yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I was actually super excited about Bill Foster, and I thought like his suit looked pretty cool. I thought it, like you know we've only heard that he was Giant Man or Goliath, or they call him Giant Man in the episode, but mm-hmm. I like the name Goliath more. Um, you know, we had heard bits and pieces of that, and I always thought it'd be cool to see. And then we do see it, and it's it, like you said, it's barely he barely even fights side by side with Hank Pym. Um, yeah, I also to your point, like Peggy, I I thought it was. Does Peggy know that it's Bucky before he gets off or no? And then if she doesn't, then it's like a really subdued reaction considering the emotional connection she would have. And yeah, it it was strange. And I was like, I also just feel like young Red Guardian in his prime would have been a more fun
0: part of the team (laughs) too, like personality wise as well. And I don't know, it it was strange. It feels like what if could so easily be a vehicle for giving side characters like fun shit to do. And yeah. this is a missed opportunity. Like, I don't need to see another Once well, again, I I, if it was another Bucky Barnes story, fine. But it is just the same Bucky Barnes story. Um yeah. yeah. any other thoughts before I run down my notes? Um I thought it was a cool use
1: of young Hope Van Dyne.
0: That's yeah, that's that. a really yeah, that's a good point. I felt like the the fact that they had a child counterpart, I think, was really smart. Um so yeah. Uh you know, the um one one part they say he's heading towards Coney Island for some reason. I wrote somebody's got to protect to protect Lance Stevenson. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this. Did you, did you see who they got to play Tchaka?
1: Yeah, Atan Wakani. I look at look at me pull that off the dome. Yes. Yeah, I Wakani's uh, son
0: who plays yeah. old Tchaka, which is always cool. He sounds a lot like him. <laughs> well, he played he played live oh, action right. yes, Tchaka
1: as well. So yes. like technically he is also coming back yeah. from the. <laughs>
0: You know, one of my favorite fun facts is you know who plays Young Zuri, right? Do you know the actor's name? Uh, not
1: off the top of my head, no.
0: So, Old Zuri's played by uh, Forrest Whitaker, right? Oh, young Zuri yes. is played by Denzel Whitaker, who is not related to Forrest Whitaker, and he's not related to Denzel Washington either.
1: <laughs> Wait, he's not related? To, I always no, assumed no, it. Oh, no. think wild. about it.
0: Think about it. The guy who plays young Tachaka's last name is Connie and he is the son of old Tachaka. The guy who plays young Zuri, his last name is Whitaker and he's not related to Forrest Whitaker.
1: <laughs> I would love to imagine that like Kevin Feige or Sarah Finn or whoever mm-hmm. like just assumed it was Forrest Whitaker's son. And they're like, this will be fun. We'll do it twice in one movie. Yeah. And then he shows up to set and Forrest is like... Who is this guy?
0: I don't know who this guy is. Hey, whoa, whoa, Let's not be If I remember correctly, he's also played his dad in a movie before. Um, I think that – Yeah. <laughs> so is, multiple casting directors have, have made the same, same mistake. The thing is he has the same eyes. Like that's the thing. <laughs> what are the odds? Yeah.
1: It works out. Yeah. What yeah. are – Astronomical.
0: Yes. Um. Anyway. Yeah, I also believe he's in the movie The Great Debaters, which was directed by Denzel Washington, which is the reason I brought up Denzel. He's just a crazy – a lot of coincidences. Uh, I, uh, Denzel what go.
1: I also want to throw out like very quickly that when I was like in high school, I ran this um, Marvel, it was called Marvel Update, and it was just like an Instagram thing, It was a precursor mm-hmm. to everything I do now. Um and it got fairly popular, and I posted about Atan Wakani when he was cast in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Atan Wakani actually reached out to me and like thanked me for promoting his career yeah. and then like actually chatted with me for a bit, and he was super nice. So just throwing out there in my experience, Atan Wakani, really nice guy.
0: Cool and, and, I mean, John Connie is, like, a legend. He's one of those dudes where, like, if you read anything about, like, South African theater, it's like, oh, he's, like, one of the GOATs. Like, him and, you know, uh, who's the good guy's name? Zake Smokay, I think, is the other, like, one of the big uh, guys in South African theater. So, shouts to both of them. Um, anyway, another note I have is um, John Slattery only resides in the pocket. Why did I take time to type that? Um, <laughs> how, how do they know his name is Ego is a big thing. Like... <laughs> That's
1: point. like point, I never, I never, because Peter just says my dad the whole episode. Yeah, He's never, like, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and yeah, I felt like um towards the end they definitely I think we're doing a little too much with the Bucky <laughs> stuff, and but and, once again, it's what if? So like, I'm not really gonna um lose my mind over it. So the next one uh is uh, what if Happy Hogan Save Christmas? Which, as you mentioned, is a die hard parody, but it also has some Hulk stuff. It's got Sam Rockwell back. Um. I was mo- really really excited for this, but I'll let you go first cuz I, you know, I have a, an overarching take that I don't want to pollute your take with. Fair enough.
1: Um yeah,
0: I I honestly think this was maybe
1: one of my least favorite episodes of the season. Um that being said, that is by no fault to Sam Rockwell, who is the goat and who I could watch and listen to f- just for hours and hours and hours. So, for me, I really enjoyed just kind of having uh, Justin Hammer back for a little bit Mm -hmm. and seeing him get to be like an actual big Mm -hmm. bad and and try to like make some moves and put on some armor and stuff like that was cool and fun, but I don't know the rest of it just didn't really land for me. And like I already mentioned earlier, it just didn't really feel like a good use of the what if concept. It just kind of Mm -hmm. felt like an idea they had that they wanted to throw out there. Um, And then they like, they established this idea that there's, a like, a purple Hulk mm-hmm. that is Happy Hogan, and then they, like, use that purple Hulk a few more times in the season. We'll uh, about I, that. I think that they really overestimated how much people would like yeah. like Hulk Hogan, as I have started calling him. Yes.
0: Yes. So, <laughs> there's a uh, an idiom, and people on video will see me demonstrate this. Doing a, like, Happy Hogan has to save the day in a Die Hard parody, and Happy Hogan accidentally becomes a Hulk man is a hat on a hat. We, we don't need both of those. We don't need both of them.
1: Uh, I was wondering why you grabbed the other hat, and that was a great payoff.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't going to do it until I realized I was already wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> I mean, the story of this hat is great. Uh, when I went down to Florida for my older brother's 30th birthday a couple weeks ago, uh, a friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe, came down. He had, like, four – he had, like, seven of two different hats. One's this, the white one that says Waterboy on it, and one was a camo hat that says Entrepreneur. And it was because the office across from him where he works, just whenever they have leftover promotional works, they just put it down the hallway and he always grabs it. so I don't I could be promoting something heinous with this hat, but it's it's Waterboy. Um anyway. <laughs> um, um but
1: yeah, to your Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this was like one of those I think this f- episode felt like it should have been called What if Happy Hogan became hulk or something and then they go from there but yeah
0: yeah. i mean as someone who for whom die hard is a top 10 movie i it is my family doesn't have a lot of movie traditions the only one we have is we watch die hard before christmas and we watch it this year um and uh, if i'm ever down i just say mr to myself um (laughs) it just there's just not enough like i almost i I just feel like if you're gonna do this and like completely eschew the what if concept just do a die hard parody and they just really didn't um, I will note that, uh, once again, Chris Evans, I said I wasn't gonna bring it up again, but Jeremy Renner almost died last year and he showed up. I'm just saying. i just, I'm just <laughs> saying. Um, uh, yeah, um, you know, it's fine. Like, it it just, it didn't really work for me that much. I don't know. There's like some, like, they have like fun verbal references and... Like you know, I do appreciate that they reference Christmas Story, which is funny because the guy who plays the kid in the Christmas Story is in Iron Man One. That's not even that funny. though. That's just a thing I noticed. Um, yeah,
1: that's. I would bet so much money that was not the reason they referenced. Honestly,
0: I actually think it is because he's a producing partner with John Favreau oh um, he
1: is oh that's yes. crazy
0: yeah that's why he's in iron man one he's in base. he's like in or producer on all of john favreau's directing movies i think um, oh wow okay
1: cool yeah, he's yeah he basically retired
0: from acting for the most part except to do he's just does small roles in movies like that and then we'll um, see him for some reason yeah, but yeah 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 oh, i forgot about that um i appreciate <laughs> that they mentioned reginald doll johnson when talking about die hard i mean there's yeah. that now a question that i had and i want to know your opinion on this because i'll say this my answer is yes do you think when they were doing the joke about the AI Werner, do you think that they've reached out to Werner Herzog? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay,
1: I think yeah. that they did. Yeah. And for a brief... Because, again, I feel like with this show, like, his name wasn't in the opening credits, but there was a the briefest of seconds where the back of my head was like, this could be actual Werner Herzog. <laughs> the
0: thing to keep in mind is, anyone who's like, he wouldn't do that, like, and I'm not saying of The Mandalorian. I'm not saying because of The Mandalorian. I'm saying it because in an episode of Parks and Rec, he plays a guy who's selling a haunted house whose character's credited as keg jeggings. So, yeah. he's clearly I down.
1: I, I feel like he's he's a strong mix of, like, Having artistic in- integrity, but then also just being a guy who maybe needs some extra money to, like, buy a house or something. I also,
0: I mean, I- <laughs> I also feel like he has artistic integrity, but he has, like, no – I don't say integrity, but, like, no preciousness about himself. He's like, my art is precious. I am just a man made of muscle and tissue like everyone else. You know what I mean? Like, that's – I feel like he doesn't, you know. Yeah, no. Also, to <laughs> – to pull, uh,
1: you know, another fun fact in the way that you've been doing, I like, yes, yeah, so when Hugo Weaving played Red Skull, mm-hmm. he based his accent on Werner Herzog. So like that's why Red Skull kind of sounds like Werner Herzog in the MCU. No, I mean, mm-hmm. not exactly, but like close. And then and so then, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So like Canon Red Skull kind of sounds like Werner Herzog. So it's it's just funny to me to think that now like there's also kind of a Jarvis that sounds like Red Skull. So that it's just like uh you know I mean, like a big. And he fun sounds
0: like him because the I don't know if you saw, but the actor who plays Werner is Ross Marquand, who voices who does yeah. the Red Skull in Infinity War and Endgame. Oh wow! Look at yeah. that. So Look it literally that. is him. Um, but yeah, so the next one is um, it is called What If Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? Um, which this one, I feel like it might be the most successful, making it very clear what the what if is. Just what if yeah. portal closed. Um, and yeah, we go to Sakaar, we got Jeff Goldblum, we got Rachel House, we got uh, Tessa Thompson, Taika Um I felt like this one is the one this season that justified this show being an animated show more than the rest of like, you know I mean? A lot of these, you could just like the animations is fine. This one, it felt like there was a lot of fun and care and effort in, and as someone who, you know, has been getting better at watching more animated stuff over the past few years. I know, shut up, stop booing me. Um, I just <laughs> really understood the value of this one being animated.
1: Yeah. I think it's a really energetic episode. Um, and I, I think that it's one of the more like blockbustery 30 minutes in the season. Um, and yeah, you're right. They do they do a lot of really fun stuff with it. Um, I I liked it. I think and this is the holdover from season one. Uh, they mm. even started with the little like previously mm. on sort of right, uh, um, which, yeah, which I thought was funny. Um yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a good time. This is, you know, to state the obvious, there's like a little bit of Mad Max in there. Again, yes. just pulling from like popular mm. movies and throwing them in there uh jeff goldblum is they just let him be full jeff goldblum and he's just having fun and it's really funny um and yeah i i felt like this was almost like an extended rip roar and good time version of like the opening of endgame with tony and nebula but with gamora like it's it's kind of like tony having the same effect and imparting the same messages Mm -hmm. on gamora instead of nebula and it's just over the course of this like 30 minute adventure instead of a you know couple minute opening
0: yeah, I felt like the weakest part of the episode to me was Gamora's characterization because, like, this is in 2012 and she is this dead set on you know avenging Thanos in Thanos' honor. But then, like in 2014, it takes her like pretty like two sec. Like she already is a- against Thanos. So like I'm, I just don't believe it would take. It, it just does not fit with the character that we meet in Guardians of the Galaxy. That just yeah. two years earlier, she would be completely resistant to the idea of. You know what I mean, like, I feel like she'd be pretty, you, we didn't need to do all this nonsense to turn her. is what my, but that's, you know, a nitpick.
1: Yeah, no, and again, that f- feels like it goes back to the, they have 30 minutes and they yeah. need to justify certain story points mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, I did, I did notice that a little bit. I mean, I didn't think quite as hard into it and do the, the math of the years, but I did notice that Gamora fell a little bit off. But yeah, I mean it's funny that Gamora does end up being one of the like guardians of the multiverse in the Mm -hmm. first season, because I did, she did feel genuinely pretty like secondary through a lot of this episode, but I I guess it is like a Tony Stark episode. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't have like too many crazy deep thoughts on this one. It, It was mostly like one I was like, yeah, this is like a fun use of the concept. Um, like you said, I, I really enjoyed that it was a very clear-cut what-if, yeah. um, and that it, it felt like this is actually mm-hmm. what this show is supposed to be, which
0: is nice. Yeah. So a couple of notes, you know, um, I always love to see Korg call himself a pile of rocks. He's a paperweight. Uh, Tony mentions, makes reference to the Hunger Games, which, like, he didn't read the books and the movie came out in late 2012, so what are we doing, Tony? Yeah. Um, <laughs> At some point, Val refers to it. We don't a, know he
1: didn't read the books. We don't should, know that.
0: Yeah, he could have been. He was used he was with Suzanne Collins since Gregor the Overlander. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Val refers to it as a demon in the bottle. You know, even that's a comic reference, even I got. And yep. another thing, this was even more egregious to me than the ego bit. It's a revelation in Thor Ragnarok that Val is a Valkyrie. She doesn't share that with people. How are yeah. they all calling her Val? Everyone. <laughs> like, that's her secret. <laughs>
1: These are great. I can't believe I didn't... Maybe it's because I was binge-watching and I was like, yeah, this is fun. But this is that's a great point. Like, she has, like, a number for a name or something like that. Yeah, like scrapper the-
0: 214 or something like that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a great point. That's a
0: great like, point. I do... I will when say, when the Thor says you're a Valkyrie, she's like, shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great point. I will say that, like, Valkyrie in a Mad Max race is such a great and fun idea that works really, really yes.
0: well. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah.
1: Especially exactly. Val at, like, that point in her life before she's, like, president and or yeah, whatever that is, uh, king. Yeah, that, that worked really, really well. I feel like she was kind of born for that. But, dang, that is a fantastic... See, maybe if there was, like, an earlier point, it's what if everyone
0: knew she was a Valkyrie? <laughs> that would um, change nothing. Anyway, we got... we get. Let's skip to the next... Not skip, dude. Let's go to the next episode. What yeah. if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper... <laughs> um the sequel i actually quite enjoyed the original and the thing the problem i had with this one and i'll let you go quickly next is the thing i enjoyed about it was that it was fun to see peggy carter be a captain america i didn't really care that much about what was happening with steve rogers in the episode i don't know like it just i when steve died and i wasn't like i need to see them come back and i was pretty disappointed by this episode i don't know about you no, I was disappointed that they – this
1: feels like an aggressive word, but I do kind of feel like they wasted an episode on something they just didn't need. Like, yeah. and, and this goes back to my feelings on this season as a whole in that I, I felt like this season the highs were a lot higher than the first season, but I also felt like the lows were maybe not lower, but just more disappointing uh, in that like this episode started and I was like, I just – didn't see the, the point of it it's like we could yeah. there's so many cool fun mm-hmm. what if ideas that you could pull from the mcu and we're just doing like what if this version of peggy had her own winter soldier arc that's, the, that's,
0: that's the thing this is the second time this season they do the winter
1: soldier arc <laughs> yes, yes 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 exactly um and and there's like elements to it that are fun like i i think it's cool that it's like oh in this universe bucky becomes like a the writer of the show described him as a Jimmy Carter esque elder statesman, which mm-hmm. I thought was a funny way to describe what he is, because that's not really what I got from this episode. No. <laughs> um like little things like that are fun, and I thought that the chemistry between Peggy and Natasha was really, really good. Yes. That was most part of the episode, obviously. Yeah, it was and that was like interesting to watch. Um, and the whole time I was watching, I was like, this is definitely going to inspire a fanfic or two. I could just see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just like, even, even if I did really enjoy the episode, I would still have it in the back of my mind. Like, I just don't see why we need to do sequels in what, if, yeah. when there are a
0: million bajillion
1: concepts we could explore.
0: And the thing too, is that like, I am, I enjoy the dynamic between, uh, Peggy and, uh, Natasha enough. Where I'm I'm in I, I don't mind the idea of them doing another like an episode of them being a buddy group. But like once again, I don't need them to retread like the, the thing they're fighting to be a retread of something we've already seen. Like it really is just replacing mind control with a robot. You know what I mean? Like that's all it really yeah. is doing. And um, you know it's it's disappointing because I really I love Haley Atwell. I think that Captain Carter... like I don't I, I understand from a Thousand foot view that it's very strange how much they're front loading this character and et cetera et cetera and I think the criticisms of them front loading her when there's an actual Captain America they haven't really done much with I think those are all true but I enjoy the character just like I I I also just feel like I don't know Josh Keaton is trying his best but like I just don't it
1: because it's not Chris
0: Evans because it's not Chris Evans I think the thing people don't realize is that like. I, if it's not the actor, unfortunately, I'm just carrying less of the goodwill I have from the movies and TV shows. Like I'm just not <laughs> thinking that these are really. But I'm not. I'm not trying to be like rude about it. It's just like I don't feel. I don't feel like it's the same amount of history because I. These are not. He's not yeah. Chris Evans. It's not the same chemistry, and so they're asking yeah. us to call on the chemistry that they have in Captain America: The First Avenger, which once again is incredibly long ago, and also is with a different performer with different energy, and so. I don't know. It just was frustrating. But can, now what, what was your opinion on the fact that they got uh Academy Award n- winner uh, multiple time nominee Rachel Weiss to come back?
1: <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier when we were having those other discussions. Yeah. Um I think it's honestly I think it's great. I think it's great that she came back. I think it's I think yeah. it's fun. Um can I say something though?
0: Re- she is one yeah. of my favorite living actors. I think she's fucking terrible. <laughs> I think she forgot how to do her accent. Like, it's really... Yes, I love her so The accent much. is so her. weird. That's where I was going. I love going. her so much. I'm sorry. I, I had was to, I wanted to just interrupt you because I want to state she is in my probably my top 10 favorite living performers and I think she's so bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: She's in a reverse of Annette Bening where I didn't even check because yeah. I just assumed it was Annette Bening. Mm-hmm. I checked that this was Rachel Weisz like after watching the episode because like that was clearly not her. Yeah. And it was, which was... Insane, and I also think this was another situation like the Gamora one, where it she also felt like maybe we just didn't get to know her that well in Black Widow. But I was no, also well, like, this doesn't feel like the same character,
0: no. and yeah. I don't know what
1: is different, you know?
0: Yeah, because also like I never got the impression in Black Widow that even when she was at her worst, she was the one running things. Like that was never vibe i got it felt like she was someone who's part of a machine who thought that she was giving you know like orphan girls an opportunity to make like it, it never felt like she was a fully evil at any point you know what i mean um yeah. and so it's just weird like dracov is a fucking nothing character so i'm not saying i wish they a dracov in there <laughs> but like that actually would make sense because he's the leader of the red room you know um yeah. uh yeah so that's all i really have to say about that hey, i have a couple awesome. notes um i did i was really offended when natasha said that robocop is solid um <laughs> masterpiece um but you know beyond that uh also i i just i mean is it just the power of love that like makes him over a cup out of the machine like i just don't know how this because we don't know what actually is going on with him and so like what, what, whatever
1: no it's an episode with a lot of unanswered questions and i i another a positive thing i will say sure. uh, is there are like background elements to this episode they yes. are really fun in how they yes. play with the concept yes. um again ac riley was was talking again and I, I almost wish that they would have made it more evident in the episode mm-hmm. so you could have more fun with the title mm-hmm. uh but like instead of hulk being part of the avengers it's wasp and like the reason that the writer explained was you know because peggy was captain america mm-hmm. like Like, the whole women's rights movement and everything, like, that just went better because people just accepted Mm -hmm. women as heroes and yada yada. So then, like, Hank Pym in that universe is more apt to let Hope become Wasp a lot earlier. So she's part of the original Avengers lineup. And, like, there's, like, a lot of little things like that that are in the episode that I think are really cool. And that's, like, a really cool, fun what-if to Mess around with, and then that's not the what if that they mess around with. So,
0: what, so what if the what if instead was there's no superheroes, it was just like a, a 30 minute documentary from that universe of uh first, second, and third wave feminism being different because, <laughs> um, uh, but no, I think that like that's all interesting, and I think that this is kind of why, like, I don't want to say this about you know the whole concept of the show, but like, it's almost like, wait, I think a 30 minute cartoon is actually probably the worst, L- worst way to present this idea. <laughs> You can't explain. Like it's just like I think it's 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 just it's hard to get across. I actually really like the fake town um, thing, but like yeah. that's the thing I'm a sucker for always. It's why I contend that the first twenty minutes of Indiana Jones: and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull are really good. Um, they are really
1: good. They are way. really good.
0: Um, people, yeah. okay. I'm glad we're on board because like I I've heard the take and I agree. It's like a top ten Spielberg action sequence he's ever done. It's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Beginning of amazing. the movie. The movie eventually gets bad when there's a what's his name? Oh, Shia LaBeouf comes into it, but after, before that's good. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm a bit, Apologies for being a bit manic, I'm a little, it's a little late at night, and also, uh, is not minding the shop. Um, so, I mean, anyway. Listen,
1: I'm always down for some first 20 minutes of Crystal Skull praise. I, it's, it's, I'm it's, like, it's just really good,
0: it's good. It's um, really good, it's really also, good. I think I did a rewatch before Dial Destiny, and people don't want to hear it, but that, I mean... That's at worst the fourth best one. I mean, it's mm-hmm. Temple of Doom is definitely worse than it. It just is. I'm sorry. Thank I, you. No, we yeah. have the
1: same. This is this is crazy. I promise, I'm not just yeah. like blowing smoke at you right now. Yeah. I also did a rewatch before yeah. Dial of Destiny came out, and I had the same thought where I was like, yeah. I actually don't think this is the worst one. And me no. having the realization of I think Temple of Doom might be the worst Indiana Jones yeah. movie. I was like afraid to tell people that. I thought I'd. It, get- it's just
0: like it's yeah. just. And I, I I need to probably rewatch it again. But like I'm. I, I would go back and forth of whether or not getting into the Crystal Skull or Dial of Destiny is better or worse. I think that one of the big things for me is that Indiana Jones was not a character I grew up with, really. And so I didn't see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull until, like, you know, a decade after it came out. So I had no... I, I remember people hated it, but then, like, I'm like, I'm like, surely, like, I just have really a lot of doubts that steven Spielberg made a bad movie like I, I know the terminal exists but other than that i don't think he really has ever done that and it might be he didn't really <laughs> um anyway yeah. no.
1: it's fine it's fine at worst is the thing
0: <laughs> yeah like i really think if you if you cut out most of the mutt stuff i think it's actually like a fully good movie um yeah. but anyway the next one <laughs> is what if Kahori reshaped the world um, which is a completely original character. Now, I know you probably, you, you know, you're on the scoops and the trades. I want you to talk a little bit about how this came to be um, and, like, where, you know, because I think it's a big deal that they have a basically the first, it really feels like the first, like, fully original superhero. Yeah, no,
1: I mean, I'm not really sure how it came to be, but I really like how it turned out. <laughs> like, I, it, it's an original superhero, and, again, sort of like a fun... This, this is what I kind of want this show to be is like mm-hmm. if there is one – like something important happens differently and that leads to there being like an entirely original superhero that has never existed in any Marvel mm-hmm. medium before. And it's a good character with an interesting story and a really interesting world and, and lore and supporting characters mm-hmm. that are good. And uh, yeah, I w- I had high hopes for this episode, but I was also very nervous about it because I was like there was 8 million ways that you could screw this up. Um and I just I was thrilled that it was as good as it was, and that she came yeah. back.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a really winning character, and I think that like it is probably the best example of like what what if can do because it takes it so far back. Like it's like what? Cause the thing I enjoy about it is that well, the what if is actually pretty clear. It's what if the Tesseract ended up in you know yeah. a, a, what is it? A, is it a apologies a Mohawk tribe? Um, I, believe I believe they're speaking so, of Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check that. Um, da, 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 da. I was gonna
1: say I can also hop in on
0: that. The, uh, oh no, it's it's yeah, um, yeah, the yeah, Mohawk because the Iroquois Confederacy. Yeah. And I was yeah, gonna say
1: I, I was pretty sure I remembered them saying that. But... Yes, yeah, so I knew
0: they spoke Mohawk as a language, but I wasn't sure if maybe it was a situation where multiple tribes spoke that, so I didn't want to be incorrect. So yeah. the idea that it crashes in a near Mohawk tribe, I think, is you know really fascinating because I think it's also like you know i'm sure that the writer and uh you know devry jacobs who play kahori who was very involved um could speak to it more but i think that there is something very interesting about what it is saying about how a different you know culture of people would react to having this level of power as opposed to the way it was hidden away like i think that there is and i don't have answers to answer those questions but i think that that is a for what if i think is best what it is posing questions as well as answering questions and i think that it was, a, it was a thing I had not considered of like, oh, what if this power was in, you know, kind of an, almost in agrarian hands? And what would that look like? And, um, you know, would some conquistadors get their shit split?
1: Yes. Um, I mean, speaking of, you know, conquistadors and um, all that stuff, this is also probably the first, I think it's the first MCU thing, like entirely not in English. Mm-hmm. Like, which I think is also really, really cool that they fully went down that road yes and, didn't look
0: back. And, and, and i think that they i i'm someone who i fucking hate when um in an english-speaking movie when two non-english speakers speak english to each other um yeah. like i don't mind it if it's like for example like with napoleon like i don't mind that it's not french because the whole movie is in english but like mm-hmm. when at the beginning of uh the first avenger when you know red skull is like talking to other nazis and he's speaking in english i'm like believe me everyone watching this movie can read um, yeah. but anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I, thought that, and I thought it was really nice. I, I really liked too that like the conquistadors were Spanish. Cause that's just like historically accurate. I was afraid that they were going to make them speak English, just like a salve, but like, no, there's no English spoken until the very end of the episode.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, I also, I'm pretty sure the, con- the main conquistador villain was an original character too. I think. Let I me think. take a look.
0: Let me take a look. Let's see who this, uh,
1: I was going to check it before I talked about it. Um, but i don't remember if anything uh, he's like a very
0: rodrigo alfonso gonzalo i think they just made up yeah, yeah that's, I think it, that's not real i mean i grew up in florida so we actually like and this is not a joke we conquistadors were a very important big part of our you know because florida yeah. is very you know um so uh, juan ponce de leon um who by the way was not actually looking for the fountain of youth that's like propaganda. Like, no, yeah. I, when, you, when you hear that, like, no shit. But the amount of, like, grown adults were, like, he was convinced there was a Fountain View. they like, yes, he convinced the entire country to fund an expedition, like, with hundreds of guys because the fucking Fountain View. Really? Like, really. We all know uh, only Nicolas Cage can do that. Yes, um, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that it, it was just – I also think the action was really cool, too. Um, it was. Know. I will say I'm a
1: sucker for – This will get me in a movie every single time. Even if it's a bad movie, I'll still enjoy this part of it. Is that the classic, like, a hero stands alone and it inspires a bunch of other people and then they all come in at the last second. Mm -hmm. Like that, every single time, I get so hyped, tears streaming Mm -hmm. down my face. Like, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's that is actually true for me, too. I I always... (laughs) It's it's, it's like such a manipulative thing. It just works so well. Um, And yeah, I mean, this episode actually, I think, is like... I think, there's a cool, I think the cool elements with, like, the lake, I think it's done really cool, and, you know, it, it introduces a new, not really a new property to the Tesseract, because we know that it transports people places, but, like, it is, I don't know, it's an interesting concept that we really don't fully understand, and we don't need to, because it's, you know, just a half-hour episode, and, you know, I assume we'll get more. I would love to see this character in live action. Um, yes. You know, if I can quote another discussion was on the Discord. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying that they want Amber Mid Thunder to play her. Uh, why can do not don't just cast the um, what is it, the uh, Native American actress who plays her already? Yeah, I don't know the- anyone <laughs> who like had like does live action too. It's not like it'd be one thing if it was like yeah, she strictly
1: is a voice actress yeah. and like, but no, like she does live yeah, action. Or if
0: you know she was like a longtime voice actress who's like fifty five but can do a young person. Like, yeah. I, but no, she's come <laughs> <hold> on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I and um, was my last note? I said that one of the concave kind of drawers got sand beached, which is a very specific reference to a podcast. I don't know why I wrote that in my notes. Um, <laughs> colonialism lost, which I'm very curious what the rest of the world looks like. I mean, is it just I no, was saying, yeah. I was thinking okay. that
1: well, also just like the ramifications of the Tesseract not being elsewhere, like yeah. so much of the MCU as a whole is founded on the Tesseract being where it was, mm-hmm. so it's like so much doesn't happen or just happens but completely different from there on out. And that's you know what to like you said earlier what if works best when it's posing questions as well as answering them like if you present me with a what if episode and when it's done I'm like I would read like a continued comic yes. series just about this timeline. I know it was like a, they used the concept well.
0: Yes. Um all right, so the next one is entitled What if Hela found the Ten Rings, which when I saw that title I'm like That's just so contrived. Like she has nothing to do with the Ten Rings, Um, which once again, which is, this episode really should be called "What if Hella was, uh, you know, banished Earth?" Like I think because that's you know. But um, I think that the top line about this when we can talk about the actual happens the episode is the fact that they got Cate Blanchett is incredible. (laughs) I mean, obviously they got Rachel Vice, but like the difference between these two is that. K. Blanchett gives like, probably the best performance in the whole season, like He's it. <laughs> 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 like, it's it's like, oh, like I don't know. As they're want to do film, Twitter was like uh, pissing and shitting themselves over the fact that uh, a good actress did something fun, um, right. and I'm like, you don't understand though. She's clearly, if she is not, if she was not enjoying it, she is the greatest actress ever to live,
1: <laughs> right? She's clearly having a really good time. It makes the episode more enjoyable as a whole Mm. and also like yeah i don't know she's just she's just killing it she's killing it and i i go back to and yon Rog. like it almost felt like she was enjoying this more than ragnarok (laughs) like it felt like this was her like really coming into this character and being like i get her now i like playing this role um yeah i don't know it was it was wild to me how well that went (laughs)
0: Um, My first note I took uh, that I will just start off with is that the guy who plays Odin is not doing a good job because he doesn't sound like he's half asleep. Um, uh, I believe it was on one of our bracket first take pods on Patreon where um, Caleb said that Anthony Hopkins was in the uh, Odin sleep uh, for the filming (laughs) of the movie. Anyway, I think that the Wenmu part of it is like interesting because it's not a character I'd immediately pair her with. But I do love that his reaction to meeting her, I think, like, many rational people, including myself, would be like, okay, let me throw all rationality to the wind and do whatever we need to do to get this (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's, like, clearly a murderer, and he's like, I understand that, but I will keep you captive, I will not, like, yeah.
1: She's like, I am the goddess of death, and he's like, that's
0: rad, stick around. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yes, but but what's your status, though? Like... It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, we all, we all have to make money. I mean, what's going on? Um, yeah,
1: I do. It was it was a fun episode. It was another, like you said, I, I didn't think, when I first saw the episode titles, it was one that I think I maybe wrote off as like, well, maybe this one won't be as good as the rest or whatever. But I I, I, I thought it was fun. I think it did the concept yeah. pretty well. And I, I had a good time with it. Um, yeah. I just, I like seeing more of Wenwu. I mean, again, I know it's not the original actor, but like, that's no. not a guy you're going to get. Well, I not know.
0: The <laughs> fact that Tony Leung did Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings to begin with is a small miracle, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought the action was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. It was cool just seeing more of that world because I really mm-hmm. did like the Shang-Chi movie and I really liked a lot of what it added to the MCU. And because of shared universe storytelling, mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it. Again yeah. in a minute, uh, so it was it was cool to get more of that as opposed to another Bucky story or um, yeah more Guardian stuff. Like there, there's now I will of- say
0: I would not be opposed to a Bucky's story, like you know uh, Natasha opens up a Bucky's franchise. Like I'd be fine with that, but <laughs> um, I yeah, just don't, you know. but no. What uh, <laughs> I had is that I I I, I always like a. Bad person agrees to like do a thing for the wrong reasons, but then slowly becomes good because of it. Yeah, and like I, I like that this episode didn't. There's nothing that annoys me more than like you know, when a movie or TV show does a bad character learns to be good, but then they pull the rug at the last second. And it's like, well, what the fuck did I just? Why, why did I? Yeah, a, I, I, I kind of get annoyed when I watch a movie where the reveal is that a character was just lying the whole time. <laughs> Saltburn, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, well, I could get into saltburn, burn, but that's not what we're here for. No, no, but I think that,
0: <laughs> well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I, I'm i glad that we ended this episode with a good hella. And if I nah. complain, I actually would have, and this is probably just because I love Gabe Blanchett so much, is that, like, I almost wish the last episode was a three-hander. Like, I feel like that character is, like, fun enough where if she was the three of them, I would I enjoy it more. But that's a personal thing.
1: Yeah, well, and that that's getting into more thoughts I had on the last episode, <laughs> actually. Um, I don't. I don't know if we're quite there yet. No, we have one more
0: think. before that. But any of uh, any other thoughts on um, uh, Hella and Wenwu?
1: I. I. No, not really. <laughs> I think. I think we summed it up pretty well.
0: Uh, oh, I did have the note. Jesus, Big Drist will really show up for anything? Um, <laughs> he really will. Like oh, yourself, wait, uh, I, I love him, but he'll show I will for say. Where in
1: the timeline does that episode play? Great take question.
0: Place? I forget how immortal Wenwu is. I think he's pretty like he's been alive for a long time, right? He's been around for a minute, and because what I was trying to figure out was like he's clearly
1: into Hella in this, which as we've established is completely understandable. And Hella goes. I I was trying to figure out his wife's situation. I guess. Oh no no no, no they're he's... not
0: no yeah no no no, no. Uh, Lee is uh, is. Human age, so she's as she's old enough to be Sean and uh, right, Xia you know, okay. so, so it's so like this way. This is this is because also keep in mind Hella's still alive, so this has got to be before Thor, and this is like, right, and like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna this say this it's way back, it's way yeah, yeah. back. Yeah. Also,
1: like, what if Hella and Wenwu did get together and then he never met his wife, and then mm-hmm. his kids are half Wenwu and half Hella, and then that's like I mean, a whole thing.
0: That's a, a movie I would watch. Um, right? Also, oh, we also forgot we got Morris back. Shouts to Morris. Um, yes, Morris. One of my close personal friend of mine. Um, great, great bit with the with the butt face. I thought yep. that
1: was, made
0: me giggle. Yep. I mean, when you, whenever you can get two-time Academy Award winner, Cate Blanchett, to make butt jokes, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, you always appreciate it. Was appreciated. And the thing is, like, that's not, people. I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's out of character for, now. no, no, no. Cate Blanchett, she's, you know. She's I think she
1: likes to have a, very... a good time.
0: I think oh, the thing that I think about is I think that there's a cap on how serious any Australian can be. Um, <laughs> like, don't you know? If she was like British, it's like yeah, she's she went to RADA. She's oh, no, no, no. Um, anyway, next one, second to last one. What if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Um, right. This is set in Britain to avoid some problems that would happen if this was set in America. Um, <laughs> some socio political things I don't want to discuss. But yeah. this one, I think, might be the most egregious, like, what the fuck is the what if here? Like, what changed yeah. like, what? what? I, they I, even I, state I, later on that
1: they're like, it's not even, like, it's just... Don't they explain something along the lines of, you know, there was a thing that caused the heroes of the modern time to get, like, put yeah. in a 6 2 setting? Yeah.
0: But, like, that's it's yada been, yeah. yada. But, like, that should be what the episode's about. <laughs> right.
1: It is. And it also doesn't match... The title, because that the episode is not about the Avengers forming in sixteen oh two. It implies that they already formed and were a thing, and then they just got sent back in time. But it
0: seems, but it seems like they're not aware of that. They don't know that because yeah. uh, Tony's completely unaware of modern technology. Yeah, so like, and
1: Loki, Loki wouldn't be doing like court jester things.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like, why is Thor the king? I mean, I guess his whole just, like
1: arc, his whole more like arc of morality and and humbleness, is, feels like it's out the window.
0: It almost feels like they wanted to tell, like, a knights-type story, and then they just threw different cast members at what they thought was the closest analog to MCU characters.
1: We Um, also get the return of Hulk Hogan, and I—for no reason. For no real reason. And then I'm like, okay, so is this the timeline from Happy Hogan Saves Christmas,
0: but they're in 1602 now? I'm not going to do it, because I don't— Feel like spending the time to do it, but just imagine that uh, video of the pastor the goes why 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 why? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, like this just has fun stuff in it, but this I think this for me maybe just I like, need to make sense of things. It just was dead on arrival because it just makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it's another example of I
1: en- I did enjoy
0: watching it. Like yeah, I I did the, not the stuff that fun. happens in it is fun.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it does – it leads to more questions than answers in a in in a way that's not the good way we were talking about before.
0: Now, the thing I enjoy the most about this episode is I always love it when someone can hear the narrator. That's always fun. And so I think that the interplay between Captain Carter and The Watcher is good. They have good chemistry. Um, Once again, also, they got Jeffrey Wright to come back, a man who is probably – possibly, maybe not now. It's probably going to get his first Oscar nomination this year. So, shouts to him. Yeah. I
1: mean, how many – Contractually speaking, I wonder how many things Jeffrey Wright is locked into
0: with Marvel. I, I, that's a good question because I the thing is he can knock out what if in like three days, so it's not. I don't yeah. think it's that big of a deal. I don't so, think he wants like, to it. No, not. I mean, he's a guy who really will do anything. I mean, his yeah. he shows up. His uncredited cameo in Game Night is what I consider <laughs> the best acting of bad acting I've ever seen in anything. Um, but I, so he's. But I, I'm curious if he's. Contr- I, I would actually be pretty shocked if there is not language in there that says if they do a live action thing, he has to do it or something or something like I, that. I assume that there was because they kind of like they kind of model
1: yeah. Uatu after him. So I'm like, there's yeah. not they're not doing that on accident.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. No, imagine they they're like, We're gonna make Uatu the Watcher a bald black man. Oh, it just so happens we want to cast Jeffrey Wright. Like um
1: It just so happens to be an actor with an incredible voice.
0: <laughs> now What's someone on Twitter, and I apologize, I didn't write this down, point it out, and this is just so egregious. And I just, I can't believe it, thinking about hindsight. How is Hawkeye not Robin Hood? (laughs) That
1: is such a good. That is so frustrating. I will never not think of that. (laughs) Hawkeye's also just like not. This whole season was like. Screw guy, we're not I mean, using he did, he
0: did get run over by Snowplow, but I think that actually might be part of it. I wouldn't be surprised, because he has, like, the one line in the Happy Holidays Saves Christmas, but still. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess production timeline. In my head, I feel like they... Well, I guess they would have recorded dialogue after. That's a good point. But anyway, yeah. Even if you get... A backup actor
0: no basically. no i'm i that's they probably could still do stuff it's just like yeah it's weird that he's not in it and once again he shoots arrows that's his thing <laughs> he's
1: right there it's right there they even kind of like steve rogers kind of has a robin hood thing going
0: on no he is right like, he clearly is robin hood that's what they're doing yeah so it's like there is a my point is there is a robin hood character and it's not the guy who shoots bows and arrows <laughs> <laughs>
1: even if even if i'm you know what i even understand narratively why they would be like it we should have steve rogers be the robin hood character yeah. because like mm-hmm. in terms of characterization i get it that yes. makes sense Very steve rogers thing to do but to not even have him as like a non-speaking guy in the background who like shoots the air like yeah. it would almost be funny if they make steve rogers robin hood mm-hmm. but then like visually one of his like yeah. hawkeye looks exactly like robin hood but then isn't like that's even mm-hmm. better than wow yeah I, yeah I've never unseeing. and
0: so this all ends with, like, that there's someone who's out of time. And the whole bit with Steve, like, being in the wrong this, that, or the other really didn't work for me because it's, it's unclear what the situation... Because is I was the only person that everyone else is in the wrong time, but I guess they're not. And, like, so what... I, like, I, I think that... I'm not someone who thinks that there always need to be, like, specific, specific, specific rules. But I think if... You're going to, like I said, make this show not just the imagined story time show, but the this is things that is happening in the different universes show. The way that different universes work and what happens if you screw up this or the other, that is actually vitally important to the show. You can't, that, that yeah. has to be concrete.
1: Yeah. Especially when you're gonna take the last, like a bunch of episodes from the season, and even though they are sort of anthological, also kind of string them together to like mm-hmm. have yeah. certain characters meet and interact, and have the watcher comment and narrate and yada yada. It does. It makes it. It makes it more confusing. I also just had a super super random thought. Um, yeah in terms of the Jeffrey Wright contract thing, is if he signed up for, say, like, three seasons of television, because we know there's a third season of whatever happening, Mm -hmm. would he have had to have signed up for four? Because does I Am Groot season two count?
0: (laughs) That's a really good question. I I really would love to see a Marvel contract, um, because there clearly are so many, like, different clauses and, you know they're required to do one thing and uh, like obviously the early ones are less stringent and now it's basically like you know you're signing away your life rights says <laughs> film twitter I and mean, you kind of are but also like um, I'm not gonna cry for someone who gets to be a big movie star, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested too to see that. Um, but yeah, then we get to the last episode, which also this is where I noted that the Union Jack was invented after this episode takes place. But that's, I looked it up to be sure. And so, like, what fuck is she wearing? Um, people are like, "What? That's a good flag idea." Um, but no. <laughs> so, at, well, a thing I didn't mention is that in previous episodes, Doctor Supreme Strange has been coming through and gathering people up. You see him get Kahori. And we see him get, uh, you know, and so he's here with Captain Carter, um, and uh, she's drinking some scotch, which I noted she can't metabolize alcohol. So she, sorry, she metabolizes alcohol too fast, but she still likes drinking scotch. She's a mad woman. And I respect it. Um, <laughs> That's a good, another great point. I'm, I'm sorry, um, I, I wasn't. Maybe I wasn't actually paying attention to these stories because I was trying to. I, I at a, the problem with me taking notes is at a certain point I just mostly was coming up with jokes to do. later.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I would. It, I often do the same thing, and um, I didn't know I was doing this podcast until shortly before I did it. But Correct. I probably would have done something very similar. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I didn't make it clear that oh, the the notes are things I did right before. I'm not you know this quick off the top of my head. But um, so we get we go to um another universe that uh, she's basically uh strange asks Peggy to go to a universe and help. Him capture like because he he's saying he captures like universe enders or whatever like he cap he has like a museum of all the bad universe enders or whatever. So she goes to a universe where we see a Mount Rushmore that has like Red Skull this and the other. And I this this was a joke I pre wrote. I said Mount Rushmore somehow got more racist. Um, <laughs> and so, but this also raises a lot of interesting questions about how did the world that Kahori's in end up with the you know worse Mount Rushmore. And that's not really answered at all. <laughs> no, um, it's not.
1: I actually kind of have beef with the last episode. Of this. I,
0: oh, I do too. I and talk about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, on top of, I think it does continue a lot of the problems of, uh, you know, it's the cool things aren't explored, uh, yada mm-hmm. yada. But I just felt like for as much crap as the first season got, there was a pretty clear like. Mm-hmm this is how the episodes are connected and it leads to guardians of the multiverse. And that's really cool and fun. Cause you take like the best characters from all the episodes and they make yes. a team and like, like it or not, one of the most fun things about a shared universe is, or multiverse or whatever, is that you get to see the characters meet and interact and yes. team up. Um, and I kind of just assumed like they were heading towards a similar concept with this. Uh-huh. And then all, they took just two of the characters uh-huh. <laughs> and then they just pulled the, I mean, I, I saw this on, Twitter, but they basically pulled the secret invasion thing where they're like, and then what if they just have everyone's powers? And then they like did that. And then, you know, Strange Supreme or whatever wasn't really in the season. And then suddenly and he he's like the big bad of the season, mm-hmm. apparently. And then it goes back to what you were saying earlier, where he kind of had an arc in the first season where yeah. he realizes the errors of his ways and he gets better. And then in this, they're like, and then he immediately doesn't remember anything you learned and is just going right back to it. And I... I don't know. I just, I felt like it wasn't a really satisfying ending to the season. It felt yeah, all over the place.
0: And, like, the Watcher thought that the threat in Season 1 was bad enough to intervene. Right. And I just don't quite understand what the difference between that and Season 2 is that this was something that Peggy just kind of stumbled on herself. Um, yeah. And yeah. that's the like, thing, she also, like, the problem with it is that, like, she really just stumbles on it basically by accident. Like she, the fact that she happens to have a conversation with Kahori is the only reason why she knows it. And and I think that the, the the question I kept wondering and I kept expecting an answer for. Maybe I genuinely might have missed it because I'm shocked if they the fact they didn't expound on this. What is the forge? Why does him feeding all of these things to a why what why?
1: Yeah, I almost got. excited briefly that they were gonna try to like tie an Eternals thing in and the Forge was gonna be some like cosmic like elemental like eternal celestial situation or something and I was like oh that could be like a cool like way to do that and then it just I don't know it just wasn't I, I
0: yeah yeah cause like if the idea is that characters like heroes and villains that shape the uh, their un- multiverse their universe a lot have some sort of cosmic energy that they get because of that that's woo woo nonsense but we're in a superhero show so I, yes I buy that and that if you get a certain amount of cosmic energy you can like force into existence a universe that has previously gone away F- yes fine but like that everything I just said are things that came from my brain and were not in the show <laughs> right and also, like you said before,
1: it would have been you have some really cool concepts in there. Like if Hella from if good Hella or Hella the White or whatever we want to call her, like if she showed up, instead of just like them bounce like bouncing up and, and down, which is like not a terrible bit, but I'm also no. like, I'm not I wasn't really looking for a bit there, and then they just all start throwing their weapons, and I'm like, it would be cool though if like more of you were involved in what's happening. Yes. Uh yeah, I I don't know. It just it felt very forced. Whereas the first one, I was like, whether you like the first season or not, at least it made sense how it wrapped yeah. up.
0: Yeah, I, I, it, <laughs> it just it was like, yeah, you take the best characters from the previous episodes and you put them together. Like it makes I, I completely understand that. And yeah, it just felt like really arbitrary. And the 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 team up, like the bit with where they all where he, she gets all the powers, really was just like. I just, it's just so bad. It's just, it's always bad. It's never good when that happens. It's just, it's always bad. I'm wondering when Kahori learned English too, like how that
1: happened, like where that came about. I mean,
0: she's been around for a long time. I'm sure she learned English at some point. Yeah, I I guess,
1: I guess that's fair. But I
0: I think that's also like
1: unclear, like how long has she been
0: around? (laughs) I mean, given, given that the Mount Rushmore has Hydra, I'm assuming it's at least after the 1940s.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a fair point. Um... Gosh, what was my other thought? I had another thought, and it's, it's escaping me now. And it was another negative one, sort of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, I do think it's kind of funny that, again, in, in the first season, the it becomes clear why the Watcher chooses to show us, you know, the alternate universes yes. that he does. And it's because those are the ones he's picking I mm-hmm. uh, heroes from. And in this one, from the Watcher himself, so many of the episodes end up being he's like, I'm showing you this universe. Because this specific version of Peggy is my fave. (laughs) I think that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's just, there's a fixation there that I just don't think works. Um, Yeah. And I think that there's just a lot of issues with the actual fight. I mean, once the Infinity Stones are involved, you completely, I think power scaling is a thing that people get too up in arms about, but it's egregious enough where I care, and that's, you know, it's bad. Um, A note I had is that one of the things that Strange does to try to win is that he puts in Peggy's mind uh, her and Steve being together, and Kahori is like, "No, don't believe it. It's not real. How the fuck did she see what was in her head? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's not hilarious. in that. She's not in that memory.
1: <laughs> That's." Also a great
0: point. See, these are –
1: I didn't – it seems like you've picked up on that specific thing in every single episode, and I just – I didn't – I don't know what it – maybe it's because I binged it. I kind of blame – see, this is the problem. This is the problem with the binging model is I did rewatch some of the episodes, but because I ended up in a scenario where I could binge it, I did binge it. And then there's like little details that I'm forgetting from the season because I didn't get enough time with every episode. And otherwise, I feel like I would have picked up on
0: that specific thing is the thing I'm very cognizant of where – it's, there's a name, there's a TV show name for I forget what it is, but like, when we see a, fl- when a guy, when a character starts telling a story, and we see a flashback, and then someone else comments on a visual detail that is not in the voiceover, it's like, that character didn't see what we saw, they didn't see a flashback, they just heard someone speaking.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of my f- favorite like, parody, there, leave it to me to reference It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but mm-hmm. if anyone remembers the Christmas episode, there's a there's a great bit where like, Frank is having he's having like a vision basically and it's clear once he stops having the vision that everything we saw he like was half explaining to people um and then there's like a a small detail that Charlie references and then everyone else in the gang is like Wait, we didn't see... Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I was like, oh, I might have been visualizing things differently. (laughs) And I've always loved that, and that's exactly what I think of in situations like this. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Now, a positive I will say about this episode, and it's one of the few positives, is Jesus Christ Benedict Cumberbatch is good at monster voices. Wow. He He is. Mr. Dragon Man over there. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen his mocap of Smaug, it's truly... Mm It's just incredible acting. And that really is like, we talked about, you know, how Australians are. British people like, are classically trained would be like, yes, I've done theater exercises where I pretend to be a dragon since I was 12. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I, I, I would like to see, you you know, Cumberbatch in the, in the booth on this one, too, see if he goes just as hard. Why not? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and so, yeah, the episode, you know, it's, 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 I don't even remember how it ends specifically. I didn't write it down. Um, I joked that this 70. has got to be. This has got to be a contractual makeup for Agent Carter getting canceled. Um, you know, uh, probably, probably. Um, and I'm happy that I love Haley Atwell. I mean, people know I've been, you know, a fan. I mean, not even enough of him. I didn't actually watch Agent Carter, but um, but yeah, I, I just it's just strange. It's strange that she's just the fixation of the show. And like, it's not like a horrible thing because it's she's not a bad character. But it is – it's noticeable, and that's a problem that it's noticeable.
1: It's noticeable. I'll, I'm going to sound like a broken record myself, but I'll keep saying it. It's noticeable in the fact that you you have a show that could be doing a million different interesting okay. things, but is just very fixated on repeating, like, the same couple storylines, which yeah. I think is, is the show's biggest problem. Because I do – and I, I recognize and acknowledge that I started this podcast by calling myself a What If Defender and mm-hmm. then pers- – to dislike most of the episodes, yeah. um, and that's because like I I fully recognize what is wrong with the show. I just yeah. I think that they it doesn't bother me quite as much as some people. As I can still yeah. watch and it, enjoy it and whatever, yeah. But yeah, I just that that I think is is its main problem. I think that it just is. I really hope that season three is, and I'm not confident that it will. But if it's if it's gonna fix and become more interesting, I just think it needs to become less reliant on like, oh, people like Peggy, so like she's gonna be in every episode and mm-hmm. be willing to expand and, and do more things. Cause so so much of this season was like, remember how great 2014 was. And yeah. I <laughs> and I just wish it it was they weren't so reliant on that. Yeah. I just I, I, I think that
0: I remember what we discussed when the first season came out and I don't know if there was a lot of consternation, but I, I remember there was some pushback from I mean I'm just going to say, statement I, and I know you're a much bigger fan of animation than me, but I know you're a reasonable person, so you'll agree that... And it, it, this is a huge deal when people are arguing about like Ahsoka and Rebels and this, that, and the other. Animated shows will always have a, a much lower ceiling of how many people are going to watch them than non-animated shows in this space, generally. It just is a fact. Less people are going to watch What If, no matter what, than the average MCU live-action show. Yeah. And so... I think one of the problems I felt with the first season, and I think it's still present in this season, is that rather than be like, okay, this show is going to be seen by less people, it's mostly going to be seen by the fans who really care, let's do interesting stuff that might be alienating to my dad, but is not alienating to people who are going to watch What If? And instead, it feels like they're like, oh my god, people don't like watching animated shows, Let's let's make it super by the numbers so it doesn't turn anyone off.
1: Yeah, like, they're they're making episodes that they feel like are going to pull in the general audience, mm-hmm. as opposed to just accepting what it is and going ham, which, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, and I, again, I do love animation a lot, um, and I think that more people should watch animation, but again, I also... Am a person who lives in this world and has spoken yeah. to others, and I know that it, people just aren't going to tune in the way they would be for like Wandavision, and that's yeah fine.
0: I think, like I said, like like I always reference the fact that my dad has watched basically all of the MCU stuff, and it's like if my if I told my dad that he should had to watch a cartoon, he would like not in a rude but but just be like, no, no, no. Like and I'm like, and so that's just the way it is. And also, I think that that's not good. But also, like, if that is the case, that should be freeing as opposed to like. I really feel like one of the problems is that Marvel just does not know how to make a, something that's not for everyone. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, shout out to my dad. My dad did watch it. In fact, that's why I've seen some of the episodes twice because when I was home for the holidays, he was very excited to watch it. But that that is just because he. Well, he does like it, but I'm sure a factor is that I am a massive nerd yeah. and yeah. he likes that and so he wants I mean, to
0: yeah. Most of the times my, my dad has watched most of the T V shows with me when I've been home because it's a way to spend time together. Um but excuse me. I think that um yeah, I think that there's just a, a level of it just it just is different and it's a smaller scale thing. I, I just wish that they had more fun with it. And you know, I'll watch season three because obviously I do the podcast, but also because it's, you know, 30 minutes it's going to be fun. Um and I really hope that they take some of the criticism to heart. I don't know if they will, but um
1: I feel like yeah. I feel like they've already written like that I think that's yeah, part that's of the problem. problem is like I feel like they'd pretty much already written season 2 by the time season 1 came out. Yeah. So any and all criticism of season 1 just wasn't factored in. And I feel like it's kind of the same. I I get the vibe that they've kind of just already written season 3. Um and it is gonna be what it is. I mean, I'll I'll still watch it. I'm too. Yeah, in. But
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, once again, they just got to do Italian Black Panther. Um. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so, I, you know, it was it was a good time. I liked, like I said, it ended up being a fun, you know, thing for me to sneak off and watch on my laptop, um, uh, during Christmas season. And you know, um, uh, we want to know what you think about it. What episode was your favorite? My favorite was probably. It was either Tony Stark on Sakaar or Helen Wenwu, probably. Um, what about you? Um,
1: probably either Helen Wenwu. Well, it, it might have been probably that or Kahori. It's, I would say, yeah. Or mine. Those are my yeah, two. There
0: are some. I think there are like four absolutely like it, straight up good episodes, and then mixed for the rest of them. Um, yeah. Uh, please let us know what you think. Um, via twitter or if you want to have like a you know full-on discussion because um, we're just frankly more active with discussions on discord because the thing about twitter is like you know, the, what happens a lot on twitter is that people will follow our account and like respond to some of our tweets and the way that they respond and this doesn't apply to whoever's listening because you're listening is like that they don't listen to the show and like they respond as if like we're you know a other type of comic book movie account and like we'll like make jokes about like you know forcing diversity or this that or the other i'm like you just never listen to the show <laughs> like this is for the other like i i you just followed us because we had marvel in our name but like you know um but no so if you want to have a one please join the discord just like i said three dollars uh to get in and we have a lot of fun stuff we were um some good fun jokes about the cat williams interview were happening that i laughed at but did not participate in um yeah please join up if you want to get that sort of stuff but i really want to thank hunter radisi for last minute coming in um ac was sick and so we can't speak and i don't know if i mentioned at the top that we had another guest lined up that texted me at 11 this morning that he's sick too and so you know it's always great when you have friends who can uh, after a long day of work chop it up about some marvel content so hunter thank you very much where can people find you uh you can find me
1: h that's h r a d e s i i famously misspelled that on here once so i'll never do it again but H3DC, 14, um, on pretty much everything. Uh, I, you know, despite its current slow mm-hmm. implosion, uh, I am on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, I'm on Instagram, I'm on threads, uh, I mean, you name it, if you mm-hmm. look it up, it's the same, it's the same on oh, everything. How and, is uh,
0: threads doing now? Because I'm not, that's the one I refuse to do because it's algorithmic.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't
0: use it a lot, okay. to
1: be honest. I, yeah. I am on it, uh, and I, I've used it once or twice. I, it's weird because I, I'm still on Twitter for the most part just yeah. as like a habit, I think. Yes. And then I, I'll every once in a while I'll pop on threads and it kind of seems like it's popping. Like I'll go on there and all these people that I'm like, oh, I forgot. Like I haven't seen a tweet from you in yeah. forever. It pops
0: up on threads. Yeah. I'm like, oh, are people actually using this? I didn't know. Uh, I, I oh. saying, Most of the people I know who've left Twitter have gone to Blue Sky. If I had to go to one, I'd go there. But the problem is I've said this on here before. So apologies for repeating myself. They're just not stupid people on Blue Sky. Like the joke I made is that the tweet the famous tweet of a stack a month is actually twenty six k a year. That's not not gonna be on blue Sky right and I don't think you can't have Twitter without stupid people. Yeah,
1: I'm actually not I'm not on blue Sky. That's one that yeah. i'm that I'm not on, and it's it's for a similar like I think I peeked at it and was like, this isn't fun, and I just didn't. I just yeah, didn't it's
0: it. a lot of scolding about how to use the app. at least it was last time I checked, which was like a month ago. And so if it's changed, like I would love nothing more than to not be on Twitter. But like I don't want to have to do videos. Like I try to do TikTok stuff, but then like what I realized is the only stuff I want to do is just like be like, isn't it weird that exhibit was in NFL Street 2? And like that's not doing numbers. Um I actually I did do numbers where I did a where I did a I, I actually put that up. Uh, that was a that was an actual TikTok I did. I actually did like 10k views on a uh, there was a prompt of what's something that was done by the same person that no one knows. And I did one about how the director of the movie Tar also co invented Big League Jew. Um that's good numbers, but <laughs> Yeah. I remember that one actually. <laughs> so mostly just, uh, mostly Twitter still at the J Christie. Please follow the show at MC University Pod. Like I said, we'll be on Twitter. You know, for the foreseeable future. Just fingers crossed that the bank seizes it and puts someone competent in charge. Um, I feel like that's I feel like that's we're all secretly waiting for. You know, what I mean, <laughs> like yeah. I, I guess
1: why I haven't left because I'm like deep down I do. F- part, there's a part of me that's like, but maybe it gets better. The I, thing it, it the it long, about but- it is.
0: The thing about the value in Twitter is that it is the one that, like, quote-unquote important people use. It, it's not – regular people don't use Twitter. really just degenerates and, like, somewhat important people use it. And so, like, yeah. it is still valuable in that – and I feel like if it was under a competent leadership again, people would use it again. I actually, I feel like it's really just a Musk issue. But anyway, yeah. that's it for another day. I'll be. yeah, keep listening. Rave subscribe. Give it a five-star, five-star, five-star. Find us on YouTube. This is on YouTube if you're watching. Uh, and uh, follow, subscribe to us there. At 200, we're going to do another giveaway. Um, AC handled that. Uh, and We gave away something at 100, we'll get something at 200, probably 300, and then 400. By that point, we're popping. We don't, we'll wait till 500. No. Um, but yeah, 400 DC. For AC, let's hope he it gets his voice back. We'll be back for Echo uh, next week, I think, or maybe early the week after, because that's all months. We'll work it out, but we'll see you for Echo, and uh, talk to you next time.